we release the fire of God. We release the presence of God. You said you inhabit the praises of your people. Father, thank you for inhabiting this place. Hear our praise. Rest here, God. Rest here, God. Life's changed. Strongholds broken. The anointing destroys the yoke. It is broken today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Somebody give Jesus some praise. I'll tell you what, God's going to do something good today, amen? My name is Pastor DJ. I'm campus pastor here at East Lake, and I want to just say thank you for coming out today. Um, I'm going to invite you to actually stand up one more time here because I'm only standing here because our amazing pastor allowed me to be here. He's ministering somewhere, Pastor Tony. So let's honor Pastor Tony and Pastor Casey right now. That's what we do at City Life is we honor. Also, I couldn't be up here today. I couldn't have worked on a message without my beautiful wife. So I honor you, Denise. Me personally. Yeah. And I honor all of you. Uh, you guys may be seated because I'm going to get into some, some things today. And this is going to be a teaching. A lot of times I come up here and preach and scream and yell. And you guys can jump and all that if you want to. But today I'm, I'm going to invite you to take notes because it's going to be a teaching where you take notes. You may scream, but you may cry a little bit because we're going to come and make sure you see victory in every area. You're going to see the victory. Amen. So today I really have two jobs. My first job is this. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want to make sure that you leave here today with that. Amen. That's the priority of what we do. We make sure that you are connected to the Savior because after that we can get to the next part. But that's the foundation. Amen. And then the second job I have to do today is to the those, which is probably the majority of the people in the room who are connected to Jesus, I want to make sure that you live and rest in the finished works of Jesus Christ. Amen. You should be living and glory to glory, faith to faith, victory to victory. You should be living breakthrough to breakthrough, amen? And so the challenge is sometimes is that we get stuck at salvation, but then we forget about the breakthrough. See, because John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We know that scripture that whoever believed in him would not perish. That is number one. That's the first part is accept Jesus. But then John 10 and 10 later on says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came that we may have life and that more abundantly. If you read it in the Amplify, what it says is he came that you may have life, enjoy it, and that more abundantly to the full till it overflows. What does that mean? That means that if your life doesn't look like overflow, if it doesn't look like abundance, then you are not enjoying the full privilege of being a believer in Jesus Christ. That's like if I buy my kids a present and they leave it on the table to open it. That's on you. <laughs> you know. So today, we're not going to leave you there. We're going to make sure that you get to breakthrough. Amen? So, as you become a believer in Christ, your desires should align with the heart of God. In fact, they do. The Bible says he'll give you desires of your heart. And so that big breakthrough you're praying for in your marriage, that big breakthrough that you're praying for in your job, in your ministry, that's God's dreams often for you as well. Amen? But there's a challenge that the reason why we don't experience breakthrough, it could be a number of factors, but there's one major factor that God put on my heart to discuss today, and that is the factor of honor. Today, we're going to discuss the topic, honor the anointing, unlock your breakthrough. Amen? Now, this topic is so important for so many reasons. Number one, honor is the key principle of the kingdom that releases God's very best over you. 
but dishonor in your life puts a cap or ceiling on your capacity for blessing. So some of our leaders have heard some of this already because this is a message God gave me, and this is a powerful message. So you please take notes. If you're looking for breakthrough, if you're looking to see why isn't this thing happening, why isn't it coming through, sometimes it's time, but a lot of times we put a cap on our own selves. So imagine there's a cap, right? And when, you, when there's dishonor, it limits the breakthrough of God. Number two, there's a growing disease of dishonor in our culture, media, relationships, and even in our church, unfortunately, in our homes. So the two questions we must ask ourselves is, number one, what if we don't eradicate this disease of dishonor? What does our world look like? What does our children's world look like? And then number two, on the other hand, what if we release honor in our homes? What if there's honor in our marriages? What if we release honor in our schools? What if we release honor in our churches and businesses? What does that world look like? But we'll, we'll get into it and we'll explain. Here's the third and most important part. God is outpouring his favor, his blessings, his anointing on his people. Honoring the anointing will propel you to your next spiritual, professional, relational, emotional, and financial breakthrough. How many people are looking for breakthrough? You came here like, I'm looking for breakthrough, God. That's like five of y'all. Okay, well, the five of y'all going to be blessed today, I'm telling you. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I preach that for a second? Because you guys would be more excited if you knew. Breakthrough is not just for you, but it's for the kingdom. When God... See, when God blessed Abraham, he was blessed to be a blessing. So don't be shy when I say, I'm, I'm going to try it again. I'm, I'm going to teach first. If, if, if I say who's looking for breakthrough and you don't scream, that's because you may be operating in selfishness. I'm sorry. I'm going to come at you a little bit today. You may be operating in selfishness because your breakthrough is not just about you. It's about the community. So when God blesses me, he blesses my children. He blesses city life. He blesses my community. I, I pay more taxes. The government's blessed. So when you're blessed financially, when your marriage is blessed, <laughs> yeah, you guys are like, yeah, taxes, I know. When you're blessed, it impacts the world. Why do you think God gave the Israelites gold when they left? King Solomon said, God said, you can have anything you want. He said, oh, I'm going to take wisdom. He's like, oh, you know what, I'm going to give you money as well. So your breakthrough is not just money, but I just, I just want to make sure we're in the right state of mind. We've been lied to that humility looks like, oh, God, I don't want anything. I just want to sit here. It's time for us to take the kingdom, amen? amen. So I'm going to ask that question again. How many people are excited about breakthrough? There we go. Let's talk about honor, and then we'll get to breakthrough. The common, de common definition for honor is to make significant, regard with respect, or to highly esteem. Don't forget that word esteem. The Hebrew word kavod is the root word that we translate into honor. Kavod means to be made heavy, weighty, rich, to gain glory. In fact, the first use of that word kavod or honor in the Bible was actually Abraham. It said Abraham was kavod. He was heavy with weight and riches. Why? He was blessed to be a blessing. So the working definition for honor for this study today combines the richness of the Hebrew meaning along with our common terminology of honor. So I'll put up on the screen here, honor is to treat something or someone respectfully according to the weight of the glory which covers and surrounds it. Let's break that down, what that means. You ever heard the terminology, someone's worth their weight in gold or something's worth its weight in gold? Imagine that we treated everyone based on the weight of glory they carry. In fact, we do it often already. Think about when a judge walks in a room. What do you do? I hope y'all stand, okay? <laughs> you stand, right? Why do you stand? Because his name is Joe Smith? No, you stand because of the weight of glory that his position represents. When the President of the United States comes in the room, what do you do? I'll say, this is an interactive message, by the way, so I'm going to need y'all to speak. So if a President comes in the room, <laughs> what do you do? Okay. If Jesus came in the room, what would you do? You would stand, you'd be excited, you have some, some cheers, right? Well, 
That's because the weight of glory that rests on them. Well, what if I let you know that if you're a believer, Jesus is on you. If your neighbor is in Jesus, in fact, God breathed breath into everyone here. So what type of weight do you carry if you're in Jesus? What type of weight does your neighbor carry if they're in Jesus? What if someone's appointed by God? What type of weight do they carry? What if God said, I promoted this person to put them here? What weight do they carry? So then what honor do they deserve? We're going to get into it, y'all. Let's talk about the anointing. The anointing, the definition we're going to use is derived from a spiritual context, a scriptural context. The anointing is an enablement or empowerment from God on a person for his purposes. Let's break that down. There's four parts in that. So number one, anointing is an enablement or empowerment. That means you are empowered to do something. There's something on you to do. And who's it from? It's from God. If it comes from something else, that might be witchcraft. But this is from God, okay? It's on a person. So God likes to partner with people. And why does he partner with people? For his purposes, okay? Let's, let's dig into scripture to prove that out. 1 John 2.27, the anointing is on that you received from him abides in you, that you have no need that anyone should teach you, but his anointing teaches you about everything. So again, the anointing is on a person from God for what purpose to teach? Luke 4.18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's Jesus speaking because he has anointed me. So God anointed Jesus walking in man and flesh to proclaim enablement, the gospel to the poor for his purposes. First John 2.20, but you have been anointed by the Holy One, you anointed by who? God, so that you have all knowledge. 1 Samuel 16, 13, then Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him, him being David in this scripture, in the midst of his brothers, and the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David. So again, Samuel took the anointing, took the oil, which represented the anointing, and it was enabled him. The spirit of the Lord rushed on David, and David walked in his anointing. So I want us to understand this. There's three areas of anointing we must honor on a daily basis. Number one, honor the anointing on ourselves. That's what birthed this message, by the way, and I'm going to give you a personal testimony. Number two, honor the anointing on others. And number three, honor the anointing on leaders. You guys enjoy this message so far? Hope you're taking notes because this is going to set you up. I truly believe it. Let's start with number one, honoring the anointing on ourselves. 2 Timothy 2.20. In fact, let me take a step back. This message was derived from a night. I was with some friends on July 4th. And there is a friend, he's a, he's a prophet that speaks into my life, honestly. And I was telling him, you know, I'm newer to this campus pastor thing. Sometimes it's, I, I have a difficulty with people even calling me pastor. Am I even worthy? Because I put a high weight on the term pastor. So I'm like, oh, people have to call me pastor, DJ. I don't know. And I don't know if that's me. And, you know, and he told me this, and it changed the trajectory of my ministry. And I hope it changes yours. He said, DJ, if you're called by God to be a pastor, which you are, then whenever you disregard or discredit the anointing on your life, you disrespect God himself. Say it one more time, okay. Whenever you (laughs) discredit the anointing that's on your life, because you're called by God, then you disrespect God. So this is what I had to get. So after that, I said, whoa. So if I'm pastor... I need to act like a pastor. I need to own it. If you're a greeter, own it. If you're a singer, own it. If you're a prophet, own it. If you're a mother, own it. But walk in that anointing. Because if you don't respect the anointing on your life, you're not going to be able to bless anybody else. Amen? So 2 Timothy 2 and 20 uh, through 21 says this. Now in the great house, there were not There are not only vessels of gold, silver, but also wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, 
He will be, or she will be, a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. See, a lot of times in the scripture, we get caught on and we get caught in the church of, okay, well, who's gold, who's silver, who's clay, who's this? Well, we should really focus on who's honorable and who's dishonorable. Am I honorable or am I dishonorable? Well, how do we be honorable? Well, it says it here. Honorable use means set apart as holy, useful to the master. That means that you are useful. You're setting yourself apart from what is dishonorable, and you're ready for every good work. That sounds like the anointing, right? It's enablement to do something. So if you're an anointed vessel, then you are empowered to do something. So then the second question is, what makes a vessel dishonorable? And by vessel, if you haven't caught it yet, we're talking about us, by the way. What makes us disrespect or dishonor our own anointing? Number one thing is disobedience. If God called you to be a minister and you're saying, God, I don't want to. Remember Jonah in the well? When God says, you're a singer, you're anointed, you're a prophet, you're a mom, you're a dad. Disobedience meaning that I'm not going to do what I've been called to do. That dishonors the anointing that's on your life. Amen? Number two, immature desires. In verse 22 in that same scripture, it talks about that when you have immature desires, that means that you know you're called to be a, a dad, but your desire is to hang out with the boys and play video games. You are dishonoring the anointing as dad on your life. Wow. When God's called you to serve in ministry, you're like, oh, I don't really feel like it. I got too much on my plate. If God's called you to it, you're acting like a baby because that's what adults do. Adults step up to the plate, amen? Right. This is a strong word, but stick with me. I promise you. <laughs> Number three way we dishonor the anointing, negative relational behavior. So when we, we dishonor ourselves when we're caught in negative relationships with other people, when we are striving and beefing with people and doing negative things, that's how we dishonor our own anointing. Dishonoring the anointing on ourselves with sin creates a clog in the flow of the anointing. What does that mean? Imagine the anointing as this pipe that's over your head. God from heaven is anointing you with power and purpose to do something. And then sin comes and it creates clogs there. Now, it's not that sin is more powerful than the anointing of God. It's that we shift from God consciousness to sin consciousness. What does that mean? So anytime I sin, two things happen, right? So say Tyrone calls you up. You ain't supposed to be calling Tyrone. Tyrone's not your husband. Or say for a different demographic, Susan calls you up. That's not your wife. And Susan calls you up and you want to go over and Netflix and chill. Can I keep it real? And so what you do is you go over there. Number one, you're either caught in sin, and that way you're not focused on the anointing and hearing from God, or you out of it, you repent it, but then you, you, you're still sin conscious. So you're still thinking about, oh, man, I messed up, God. You can't use me, God. Who am I? That's how we dishonor our anointing. That's how sin can clog the flow. Does that make sense, you guys, with me? That's why we're not talking about perfection. We're talking about progression. You don't have to be perfect, but every day you press towards the mark of the high calling of God. And so what we do is we say, God, I don't want anything to clog. So the music I listen to, I want it to be in line with you, God. The shows I watch, I want it to be in line with you, God. The conversations I have, I want it to be in line with you, God. Everything I do, I want to be in line because I don't want anything to clog or distract me from hearing from you, God. Why? Because my very purpose on earth, God, you created me before time to do good works. It says a good man's steps are ordered by the Lord. That means that when you are here on earth, you're not here just to get saved and beam up. Otherwise, we'd all be beamed up, right? Those who are saved, we just get beamed up. I accept Jesus, you know. <laughs> you're here for purpose, John 10 to 10. He came that you might have life on earth more abundantly. So while you're here, what are we doing? Amen? 
Now let's talk about how do we honor the anointing on our lives. Let's talk about that piece, because that's what we want to get to. How do we get the breakthrough, right? Honor the anointing, unlock the breakthrough. Number one, we proactively pursue godly characteristics. That's what we talked about, right? Pursue the things of God. Act like God. Be like God. And that's how we honor the anointing. Number two, proactively pursue godly purpose. The anointing is on me to do what? To do something. So when I do the purposes of God, when I preach and I teach, I'm honoring the anointing that God put on me. When I sit at home as, and I'm anointed to be a pastor, am I honoring the anointing? No. But when I stand up here and I teach, what am I doing? I'm honoring the anointing God put on me. Number three, proactively pursue healthy relationships. Psalms 133, one of my favorite scriptures. How pleasant is it when brothers dwell in unity? It's like the anointing oil. So when I walk in unity with my brothers, it's like the anointing oil. That's why there's so much brokenness because we're in so much issues with our brothers and sisters. But when we walk in unity, which this church is the picture of unity, the anointing can flow. Amen? You guys enjoying the message? Let's go to number two. Honor the anointing on others. Let's, let's read Matthew 13, 53 through 58. And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there. And coming to his hometown, he taught them in the synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where does this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? It's not just the carpenter's son talking about Jesus here. It's not his mother called Mary. And are not his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? They looked around like, this is brother with me right here. And are not all of his sisters with us? Where then did this man, talking about Jesus again, get the, all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown with his own household. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So let me, let me start with a quick side note here that's not in my message. Many of you know this principle about walking your anointing. I come to tell you today, do not be discouraged, don't be shocked when people are offended by the anointing on your life. When people are like, oh, who do who you think you are? Who you think you are to preach? Don't be shocked by that because they were shocked at Jesus' anointing. So when you walk in your anointing, don't be shocked when, when, you, when you got haters. In fact, if you ain't got no haters, you're not walking in your anointing most likely. Amen? Okay. What happened in this situation? Because remember, they were looking for breakthrough. The people in Nazareth, they were looking for breakthrough, but they didn't get it because they dishonored the anointing of the prophet. What happened was that they became so common with neighbor Jesus that they missed the anointing of priest Jesus. I'm going to say that again. They became so common with neighbor Jesus that they missed the anointing of priest Jesus. We do that all the time, unfortunately. Oh, that's just Brother Brown. You know, you know I know him. That's not a big deal. Oh, that's just, you know, DJ. That's just Denise. That's just who? That's just Danny. No, no, no. Put some respect on their names, right? <laughs> Honor the anointing on others. Amen? Because they might be the key to your breakthrough. That's why relationships matter. Amen? God works through relationships. How do we dishonor the anointing on others? I'll quickly go through them because we're running out of time. Become too common with others. Number three, relational resentment and strife. So if I'm mad at you and having arguments with you, then I'm probably not honoring your anointing. Amen? Three, discrediting others' anointing based on their past. Wow. If this was streaming on Facebook, probably some people watching right now like, DJ's preacher? Ooh, I remember I used to kick it with him in the day. <laughs> and they could miss their blessing. 
There's a perfect story of that in the Bible, actually. It's about Ananias and Paul. So Saul, if you, if you read, he was a mean dude. He thought he was doing the work of God, but he was persecuting Christians. He even held somebody's coat while they were throwing stones at Christians. I mean, that's a bad dude. And so on the road to Damascus, he meets Jesus. Jesus comes and he says, why are you persecuting me? And so Saul's like, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. He goes, well, guess what? I'm going to make you blind and you got to go and, and you're going to be converted. You're going to be called Paul, right? I'm giving you the cliff notes here. Here's what I want you to catch. God later then spoke to a man of God named Ananias. And he goes, Ananias, I want you to find this man named Saul. You know that Saul who was throwing stones at Christians and hurting people? I want you to go find him and pray for him. Now, like many of us, <laughs> Ananias reacted like, uh, who, him? Nah, not him. He was trying to kill Christians. Why would I go talk to him? Why would you use him? Guess what God said? He said, go. That is my chosen vessel. Guess what? I don't care what you did in the past. I don't care what you did last night. Guess what? If you were anointed, God will use you. Amen. Whatever they want to say about you, guess what? You are called and you are anointed. Honor the anointing on your own life, whether they want to or not. But guess what? Guess what we can do to help other people walk it out? We can honor the anointing on their lives. I'm not worried about your past. Let's see. How do we partner together to bring the name of Jesus to the world? That's what I'm worried about. Amen. Romans 12 and 9 through 10 says this, honor your neighbors. Don't pretend to love each other. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. There's one translation that says, try to outdo each other in honor. So you honor me, well, I'm going to outdo you in honor. You honor me, I'm going to outdo you again. That's what the word says. This is a whole seminar right here, Ephesians 5.33. I'm not going to go through it all, but honor each other in your marriage. We'll we'll come back another Sunday for that. (laughs) Imagine marriages with honor where the man honored the wife, it says here, that you should love his wife as his very own self, behavior worthy of respect and esteem. Remember that definition and honors esteem? It says here, wives, treat him with loving concern, treasuring him, honoring him, holding him dear. What would unlock in your marriage if you honored your spouse? What would unlock in your family, your children, if you honored your spouse? What would unlock in your community and churches when we honored our spouses as they know? Not because how they treat me, not because, oh, you know what, Denise made me some eggs, so I'm going to honor her today. No, regardless of that, why? Because the anointing of God is on her when she wakes up, when she goes to sleep, when she's tripping, when she's good, when she doesn't. <laughs> I could talk about her. Uh, that's, that's my wife. But honoring the anointing, I should talk about myself instead, right? Honor the anointing on your spouse no matter what. Why? Because the weight of God's glory is on them and it's due them. Amen? How do we honor others? Three ways. Ask God to show us who someone truly is and treat them that way. Number two, ask God to show you how to honor others. And verse, and, uh, number three is ask God how to give you joy and delight when honoring others. You guys getting this? So show people Say, God, show me how to honor my wife. Show me how to honor my neighbor. Show me, you know, that guy who gets on your nerves, that woman who's always annoying you at work. God, show me how to honor them. Show me how to treat them the way that you see them, God. I do that all the time. I'm like, God, show me how to see them how you see them. You guys know being a pastor, we see some stuff, y'all. But God, let me see them like you see them so I can honor them the way that you honor them, God. Number three, again, say, God, give me joy. I don't want to just be begrudgingly honoring people. God, give me joy to honor my brothers and my sisters who I labor with. Amen? And number three, here's, here's the last uh, topic. We're going to honor the anointing on leaders. Amen? Honoring leaders is the foundational principle in kingdom culture. 
God uses leaders or mentors almost exclusively to prepare the next generation of leaders. Serving under God and honoring leadership is, guess what, a proven breakthrough method. So again, we talked about everybody wants a breakthrough. You guys are excited. In fact, I'm going to try to get Who's here looking for a breakthrough? I love you guys for working with me on that. I have a proven breakthrough method. Serve under and honor leaders. Wow, that's not sexy, but it's true. Here's a few examples. Joshua served under Moses. Guess what Joshua got to do? He got to lead the people. Elisha served under Elijah. Guess what he got? A double portion of the mantle of the prophet. Wow. Ruth served under Naomi. She honored her. Guess what she got? Boaz. Somebody looking for Boaz, you better honor somebody. (laughs) Paul served under Barnabas. Timothy served under Paul, and the disciples served Jesus. We see here there's a proven breakthrough method in the Bible, which is honoring and serving leaders. Anybody with me still? How do we honor? We honor our parents. God puts that on the same level with not committing murder and adultery as honoring your parents. The Bible says that your days will be long on earth if you honor your parents. It says that you'll that your life will be good. If you, it'll be long on earth and be good. So if you dishonor your parents, what does that look like? Maybe short and bad? I don't know. Honor the government. Go home and read Romans 13, 1 through 7. Just to make it quickly, I'm not here to talk about politics. That's not my thing. But what I will say is, Paul says the government are ministers of God. He says they are anointed and chosen by God for a purpose. So whenever you're watching your channel of of choice or talking to your friends about, oh, I can't stand this, I can't stand that, and our government and our president, watch your mouth. Who are you dishonoring? You got dishonoring whether you agree or not. Here's the beautiful part. We can disagree and still honor. I can disagree without dishonoring you. I don't agree with everything that everything is done, but I'm going to honor. Why? Because the weight of the glory that's on our leaders and honor our spiritual leaders. First Timothy 5. 17 through 18, a good leaders that preach and teach are worthy of double honor. So whoever told you that uh, your local pastor is supposed to give his salary away and be broke and busted, they didn't read uh, 1 Timothy. Double honor, in that context, is talking about compensation, by the way. Ways we dishonor our leaders, disobedience, rebellion, and harmful, slanderous words. Disobedience is refusing to obey or maybe making a failure. But we have to check disobedience because it could become rebellion. Rebellion is a desire to rebel, a desire to not follow rules. That's why we have to teach our children, amen, to honor parents, to honor teachers, to honor leaders, to honor other adults. Because consistent disobedience turns into a spirit of rebellion. And rebellion tears down churches, marriages, homes. And that's not us, amen. That's not our calling. How do we honor leaders? Listen to and follow their direction. Publicly and privately, with your mouth and actions, even if you disagree, honor them. And number three, show your time, talents, and financial gifts towards their efforts. Imagine when you get here and you serve. By the way, quick plug, we're looking for children's ministry volunteers. (laughs) When you serve, you're saying, Pastor Tony, Pastor Casey, I honor you because I'm coming under your vision I'm giving my time. I'm giving my talent. I'm giving my treasure to this ministry. I honor the man of God and the woman of God that you are. Amen? I'm going to close with this. 
is the story of choice. 1 Samuel 24, 3 to 7. I'm going to set it up before we read it. Before the story, David was anointed by God. We read that scripture earlier as a future king. And King Saul knew this, and evil grew in his heart towards David. So in the previous chapter, so think about this. David gets anointed, like, all right, I'm going to be the future king. This is awesome. He goes out with his anointing and his gifting, right? And he slings the stone and kills Goliath. He's anointed. He's walking in it, amen? Right? Then after that, he goes and, he, and he's playing his harp. He's good with it. I mean, he's a beast on the harp. And he's playing. He's anointed. He's gifted. He's walking in it. He kills 10,000. Saul, 1,000, right? And so you see he's walking as anointing. Well, Saul hated that. Saul threw a spear at him. He tried to kill him in his sleep. He chased him down with a bunch of men. Saul was mean, evil, and tried to take out his whole family. This picks, and so in chapter 24, King Saul learns the whereabouts of David. Let's, let's read. Verse 3, he came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there where Saul went to relieve himself. So that's why you got to be nice to people. They can catch you on the toilet. You never know. <laughs> David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said to David, check this out. This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give you your enemy in your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept unnoticed and cut off a corner of his... Let me stop there for a moment and massage this scripture here for a second. Look in your life. If you have any friends around you that are be like, this is your moment. This is your chance to dishonor a leader, dishonor your friend, dishonor your husband, dishonor your wife. You better cut them off. Or as Pastor Tony says, better than I do, love from a distance. <laughs> These men were traveling with them, and I don't blame them. They were like, we're tired, we're living in a cave. That's how they found them in the cave. They were there already living there, hiding there. David, thus saith the Lord, this is your chance. Dishonor the king. He delivered in your hands. Y'all better have a relationship with Jesus because people can lead you astray. Amen? And it led David astray for a second. He goes and he cuts off a corner of the robe. But something happens. Afterwards, verse 5, David was conscience-stricken. That's what happens when you check disobedience, is your conscience can still work. That's why we have to check disobedience, because when you continue working the muscle of disobedience, eventually, there's no more conscience-stricken. He was conscience-stricken for cutting off a corner of the robe, and he said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master. The Lord is anointed. Who's he talking about here? Saul. The one who threw spears at him, the one who tried to kill him in his sleep, the one who tried to murder him. He did nothing wrong. Who does David call Saul? The Lord's anointed. Or lay my hand on him, for he is anointed of the Lord. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men. So he did. He said, hey, y'all, I'm going to love y'all from a distance. And did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left out the cave, went out his way. Here's what I want us to get. And here's the choice we have as I close. We have a choice like David had. Honor, dishonor. We have a choice to say, my mom, she treated me so poorly. She, 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 she did me wrong. My dad, he hurt me. So he doesn't deserve honor. Respect is earned, not given. You have a choice. Or you can say, I'm going to honor. I'm going to honor up my leaders. I'm going to honor down. I'm going to honor all the way around like Pastor Mike says. <laughs> Mike Todd says, we're going to honor. You have a choice. David had a choice. Here's what I wonder. If David would have went and plunged his sword in King Saul's back, what would have happened to his legacy? I don't know because he didn't do it. Because today we see there's a star of David 
on the flag of Israel. We see that he helped his son build the temple. There's a legacy that King David has. And there's a legacy that you have that's dependent on initiating honor. God wants to bless you. God loves you. That's why this message is so strong because God is like, I love my children. I came to give them life and that more abundantly. And I want you to have everything. The only thing that can stop you from reaching abundance is guess what? You. If you allow dishonor to creep in, that's the only thing that can stop you. When Jesus died on the cross, he took the keys to death, held the grave. He overcame sin. He overcame every bondage. He overcame sickness and disease. You have the keys to victory. But like I said before, Jesus likes to partner with us. So now the keys are in your hand. What are you going to do? Will you honor your wife and your husband no matter what? Will you honor leaders if you disagree with them? Will you honor the anointing on your own self and say, I'm going to walk out what God's called me to. I'm enabled by God for his purpose. I'm going to do it. I'm going to share a quick testimony. I was prophesied that I was going to be a pastor for years and years. And me and my dad, without going through all of our family business, had some relational strife. And thank God he passed away this past, not that he passed away, thank God we fixed it before he passed away this past December. I wonder if there was not that strife there, would I be walking in a faster and a more efficient anointing? I wonder what could I have done and learned from him if there was those years of strife weren't there. But thank God that we, we made it right. And here I am today walking in the anointing of pastor that I was called to. Amen? So I'm going to invite back the worship team. And we're going to worship, but we're going to have prayer. And here's who God's putting on my heart. There's people in the room today that are saying, I've been walking in dishonor and I repent. Right now to yourself, you might want to say, God, I repent. I've been dishonoring my spouse. I've been dishonoring the president, I've been dishonoring Pastor Tony or Pastor, whatever it is, I repent. But more than that, I turn around to honor. And I'm going to honor the anointing on my own life. There's people here who have scripts to write, but you've been sitting by and saying, no, nah, that's not really me. God told you you have a script to write. There's businesses that are supposed to be started today, but you haven't honored the anointing on your own life. There's ministries that are supposed to launch. There's houses to be built. There's marriages that are supposed to be resurrected and restored. Do you honor the anointing on your own life? Well, you're going to make a decision today, and I'm going to come into agreement with you. So if that's you, when the worship starts, I'm going to ask you to come to the front, and we're going to come into agreement, and God is going to establish you. This will be a marking point in your life. The breakthrough that was held up, God is going to release because you're saying, God, I trust you. I'm employing your word in my life, God, and I will honor. I honor you, God. So if that's you, say, God. From this day forward, I'm walking in honor, and I'm turning away from dishonor. I invite you to come up. Jesus, you change.